Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, as Christians, we've all cringed as we see blasphemous things taking place in society today. We may even pray about what we see and hear the political leaders advocate this stuff is normal when we know what the Bible has to say about things like this. We may even have discussions from time to time with other believers wondering what we can do to affect change. Well, if that sounds like you, I have a super rich blessing for you today, praise God. Stacy Lynn Harp is the host of Bible News Radio. She's been interviewing Christian influencers since 2005. She's interviewed more than 1,500 different Christian leaders, praise God. Stacy and her husband, Randall, they met in church, been married since 1992. They served together in their ministry. Stacy holds an MS degree in clinical psychology with more than 15 years of experience counseling women, children, and couples in a variety of settings. Help me welcome to this program, Stacy Linhart. Praise God. Stacy, thank you for joining us today. I have been looking forward to our discussion. Amen. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I, I, what a great introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Stacy Linhart? Who am I? As I told somebody recently, your worst nightmare, but <laughs> that's really, it's really not true. I am, I, I, I'm real. I'm real. Pretty much what you see is what you get. Amen. You know? And, um, you know, and, and that either irritates you or, or you, you, you like it. So I guess it just <laughs> depends on who you are. Um, Amen. Yeah. And I would say first and foremost, honestly, and it's not meant to be, um, what do you call, you know, trite or whatever, but really I'm passionate about the Lord and I'm passionate about helping people become real, you know, just to live in reality, right? I mean, so many people don't live in reality. If COVID showed us anything, it was that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't argue with that point at all. <laughs> That's for sure. It, it was funny. I heard someone say that uh, you know the the stay at home moms who work from home or or you know just mom being a mom in general. The dads finally found out what the daily routine really is like you know, when yeah. raising kids and stuff. So, amen, amen. Well, I have to say, though, I am impressed with you interviewing over 1,500 Christian influencers. Praise God. That is an accomplishment all in itself. And I just stand in awe that you've kept it up this long and are still going strong. So, I want to congratulate you on that. Well, thank you. I mean, it hasn't been without me kicking and screaming like half the way, at least. So, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. and you know how it got started was really kind of interesting. I was finishing my master's in clinical psychology to become a marriage and family therapist, and I started to blog 
And I had a guy from the Chronicles of Narnia movie contact me on my blog. And he told me, you know what? I would like to put an ad on your blog, which was political in nature. Just me espousing my biblical Christian conservative point of view. But the Chronicles of Narnia guy found my blog. He wanted to put an ad. And I said, sure. Um, And then he invited me to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, which at the time, that particular year was in Anaheim, California. You know, usually it's held in Nashville, right down the street from me. Um, And I was like, oh, wow, I can go and hang out at the booth. Well, the weekend right before we were supposed to go, the guy calls me up and he says, you know, I changed my mind. I don't want to give you one of the free passes that we have. And so I told my husband, I said, that guy is not going to get away with this. I am going to go down there because I want to meet Janet Parshall and Craig Parshall. Because at the time, Janet Parshall was hosting her show, Janet Parshall's America, which was the number one political Christian show in the country. And um, But this guy reneged on that. And so I'm like, hey, you know. So I got dressed up. I went down to NRB and I waited outside the expo for somebody to let me in. Finally, after about two hours, I had two Christian broadcasters give me a free pass to get in. And I went to the publishers and I said, I have this idea about blogging for books. How about, you know, if you give me Christian books, I'll get them into the blogger's hands and then, you know, and we'll see what we can do. Well, Crossway Publishers, Baker House, and a couple of other publishers, they're like, do you have a card? And I'm like, no, I don't have a card. But if you give me yours, I'll follow up. And so they did. I had a stack of cards. And after this whole thing, a week later, um, you know, I emailed everybody and three Christian publishers signed up to be part of my very first Blog for Books program. Man, hey, man. And so... I was like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what to charge because this was about 2005. Well, to make a long story short, um, I was getting all these great Christian books. I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm reading this. I got Frank Turk's book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, a whole bunch of other books. And I thought, you know, I should interview these people. So Frank Turek was my very first guest. Amen. So I interviewed him. And I rem- I remember it so well because he annoyed me the whole time because he kept saying the name of his book over and over and over and over and over <laughs> again. Um, and but it was like okay, I didn't know what God was doing. And and to make a really long story concise here, I, I it came to a point where I I was getting everybody that I everybody wanted me to interview them, and I was like, oh, I can't believe that this is happening. But I had spent. 18 years earning my degree and earning all my hours to become a marriage and family therapist. So I was like, well, which way do you want me to go? You know, I can't do both things because at the same time, God had opened the door for me to become a contract blogger for the voice of the martyrs. And so I had written about Christian persecution for eight years. Well, I came to a crossroads and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask God for the impossible. And if I get this, then I know he wants me to walk away from the counseling field that he wants me to do this. And so I asked him to let me interview Amy Grant. And the reason why that was important is because I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but her music was the very first Christian music I had heard. And um, I thought, okay, if God is in this, then I get to interview Amy Grant. I knew nobody, nobody. 
So I do this Google search, and this is in 2005 when very few Christian ministries or anybody was online. And somehow I found, somehow, first of all, I knew what to look for. I don't know how, obviously, but I found her publicist. I put in a request. A couple of weeks later, they accepted it. Amy, I was her, Amy Grant's first podcast. Um, She came on our show and we had no audience. (laughs) We relatively still have no audience. We had one back then more than we do now because of all the censorship, but but it was from there that, you know, people were like, well, who's been on your show? And so I said, well, Amy Grant has, yeah. okay, I'll come on, <laughs> you know, and I, I just was naturally good at this stuff, but I've always been an activist, always. My very first um, foray into the world of activism was 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 going down with uh, Randall Terry down in Los Angeles and doing Operation Rescues. Mm when they were arresting people. Do you remember when they did that? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I was in that group. I didn't get arrested, but my friends oh. did, but I was like in my early twenties. So it kind of, and, and then one last thing was I also was invited by the tradition, traditional values coalition to go into a glisten conference, which was the gay, lesbian, straight education network. They, they want me to go in as one of their spies to see what was going on. And so my husband and I spent a weekend down there with gay activists. Um, and that is really when God kind of went, okay, you you can't go here into the counseling field because they're really messing with that. But I'm going to have you go in and see what's going on and you're going to tell people. Mm. So some <laughs> so that that's how I got basically where I'm at. And yeah, yeah. over the years, what we've done has changed a little bit, but it's been a, you know, I had nothing to do with it. Basically, <laughs> Isn't it neat when, when God does it like that, you know, and, and you say, okay, God, this must be you. And it just all works out. I mean, you know, when, when he told me, and we went over this a little bit before we started the recording, you know, mm-hmm. start your weekly 30 minute online radio. I had no clue what that meant. None at all. You know, but right. I followed through and then that's, Okay, now you learn this. Now you go on nationwide radio. You learn a little bit more. Now you take all those skills you learn, couple it with your discipline from the military, couple that with your business degree, and I want you to start your own radio station. We did that. Now the podcast and all that. And when the radio station really started taking off, I mean, you know, we were hitting number one rankings in the world. And I was getting invited to go speak at churches and stuff because the pastors wanted me on the radio. And I was like, Lord, why me? Why did you pick me to do this? You know? And Jesus has such a great way. My listeners have heard me say this before. Jesus has such a great way of keeping you humble, but at the same time <laughs> making you laugh. Yep. And I said, why me? Why did you bless me with this? And his answer was, you weren't my first choice. <laughs> you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. he said, no, but you were the first one that obeyed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. And I learned so much from that conversation. You know, and so it's good. It's the key to everything. You know, yep. you obeyed. You know, I mean, you went to Anaheim and, and just stood outside you know, <laughs> until you got in. Praise God. Hey, yeah, it was it was um part of my charm. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, obviously. Oh, me either. If God would have shown but, me all this 10 years ago, I, no, 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 no. You had got the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't think, I think, I think most people don't really, they, 
they really don't know what you do behind the scenes and they don't. um, Yeah. And then if you're like me, a little bit of a perfectionist in in the sense of like, you know, wanting to be on, I'm a firstborn. Okay. I can't help it. Me too. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You know, that's, yeah. 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 I'm definitely a, uh, perfection and it drives my marketing team nuts because you know, well you know what if we did the pastor bob okay i'll I, I turn this over to you i'll let you manage it because <laughs> it was me i you know I, yeah I, I, we're, we're one-on-one here i mean we are definitely cut from the same mold from somewhere amen now, through your background, though, in counseling therapy, you became an expert, as you mentioned, in the LGBTQT alphabet stuff, deception that seems to be so prevalent in society today. And mm-hmm. I watched a couple of your episodes on your radio program. How did you become an expert in this area of study? And how do you perceive yourself when you compare where you started at to where you're at now? You mean in my knowledge or... And um, the knowledge and the in the um that aspect of ministry that you're you're in for that. Well, that's a good question. I I would say because of my background of abuse, I actually thought I was gay when I hmm. decided to go to therapy for the first time. Um and anyway, I went I went to a Christian therapist and within three weeks she helped me to identify the fact that I, I wasn't gay that I actually needed a mother because I had a sociopathic narcissistic mother who handed me over, literally kind of sex trafficked me out. So, you know, God um, gave me the right person that I needed at the right time. Now, I ended up having a very traumatic ending with that particular therapist because she frankly didn't know what she was doing. She had no idea what the attachment style issues and, and things that of that nature, but because I understood the pull and the struggle of of being attracted to somebody in a wrong way, and because I was a very devout believer, even though I was a young believer at the time, um, I knew that I, I wanted to be obedient to the Lord. And so, you know, I continued to get help even after I had a really bad therapeutic experience. I ended up getting into therapy with another therapist um, who then basically essentially had to reparent me and and help me to attach and grow and go through all the different things developmentally that a normal person would have gotten. And the cool thing, Bob, about this is that if unless it if you didn't know me then, you would never know what I went through now because God's healing has just been tremendous. Yeah. At the same time, however, because I was an activist with the pro-life movement and then traditional values invited me to the Glisten Conference, you know, people, if, if you don't know who the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network is, Kevin Jennings, who was considered President Obama's safe schools are, he actually was the head of GLSEN at one point. And when my husband and I went down to this particular GLSEN conference, it was about 20 years ago now, close to 20 years. Um, you know, my husband and I, we sat, we learned that 
these guys were specifically targeting every every Christian right organization they were bashing. And I actually used to use work, work at Focus on the Family too. Oh, wow. um, and they went after Dr. Dobson. They went after Beverly LaHaye and Concerned Women for America. They went after Phyllis Schlafly and Eagle Forum. They, they went after all the big people, many of them who are now gone. Uh, but people don't understand the history of the quote Christian right because it's been so maligned throughout, you know, the last 20 years. But what I saw firsthand at that conference was them grooming children. And there's two young men who, uh, who basically um, my husband and I came in contact with while we were at this event. And I said, uh, this one kid, his name was Christopher and, you know, he comes up, oh, yeah, are you, are you, and this is at the conference, he's like, oh, you're an ally. And I go, well, I'm here to learn info, you know, never lie. But I said, tell me your story. And this is what he told me. Um, it might make me cry because it made me cry then. He he said, he goes, or he goes, I, I'm a bottom. I, and I'm like, what are you talking about? At the time, I had no idea what the heck that was. Just so you know, that's, you know, the part he plays in sex, people. He's the bottom, right? And I'm like, please tell me, you know, like, what what's your background? He goes, well, you know, I have a Christian mom. She was single. And, um, you know, and I'm pretty much an only kid. And I was online. This was like in 2005, 2004. Actually, maybe a little bit before that. Um, and, you know, and anyway, he got lured to a mall he was at a mall and this guy who was about 28 took him to a hotel sodomized him and that's when he knew he was gay right this other guy um uh, christopher is a white you know blonde haired blue-eyed kid this other kid cedric a black guy um almost the identical story and then there were girls at this glisten meeting who had short hair. They were fat and overweight, kind of like I was when I was younger. I'm still a little bit fat, but whatever, you know, <laughs> and, and there's the the middle-aged bread, right? <laughs> but but these girls, they were, they were, you know, kind of being love bombed through this whole thing. Um, and most of them, no doubt, sexually abused in some way. So you, you look at the the criteria of these groomers as they're now being called openly. And you look at that and my husband and I, we saw that at this conference and how they were intentionally setting out to get these kids. I mean, I'm like, I was livid. I was livid. I remember driving home from Los Angeles to orange to the city of orange where I lived. I cried for an hour and a half on that drive home. And it was from there that I passed on three a full box of information to Janet Parshall, who at the time was hosting Janet Parshall's America. And she read the contents. She had no idea it went that dark, that deep. And what most people don't know is that you have Christian right organizations infiltrating the left organizations and you have the left organizations infiltrating the Christian right ones. It's a lot weirder now because the technology today is is all over. You can pretty much sign up for an email list and get inside the left or the right, whatever side you want. Yeah. You can be fake. I mean, you know, just look at Twitter, okay? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you you can do all that. And so, you know, I have that knowledge. But then as a therapist, um, there's a book. It's called After the Ball. Actually, I actually have it sitting right here on my, on my desk. This book, I'm going to try and get it. 
called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s by Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen. Now, Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen were two homosexual activists. One was a psychiatrist, I think, and the other one was a marketing persuasion expert. One of them committed suicide. I can't remember which one. Hmm. But this book, when I bought it, I paid two bucks for it. If you go to Amazon now, this thing goes for over 400 and sometimes over a thousand, depending who has it in stock, because it literally lays out the marketing plan to market homosexuality to America. I did a show. I decided to do a series on my show. I think I have eight hours. I, I, I didn't outlining exactly how they marketed this. Now, When you tell people that homosexuality was marketed to America, they'll look at you like, oh, you're crazy. But if you go back 50 years, you're not going to see people saying that this is normal. Right. Exactly. And their first tactic was to they targeted the church. They actually talk about how they targeted the church in this book. But they were brilliant. They were diabolical because. They the first place they went after was the American Psychological Association, mm. right? By getting homosexuality removed out of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders in 1973. And yep. you know, people go, Oh, well, you know, it's no longer a mental disorder. Okay. Well, how did it get taken out of the DSM? <laughs> By gay activists who did a deal behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. they they took it out. And David Kupelian, who wrote the book, The Marketing of Evil, talks about it in the first chapter of his book, how they did that. So this is common knowledge. But but now it's even worse because they're using the exact same playbook. They're using the Kinsey 10% number. Mm. And most people don't know Kinsey was a pedophile homosexual. Dr. Judith Reisman, who's now with the Lord, did the, the primary work on Kinsey. That that guy raped infants and babies, and he his his sample were prisoners. They they're male prisoners. That was his sample. So they gave. That's how they got the the ten percent number. But you know, you probably heard a lot about how you know pedophiles today. You know, they're called maps minor attracted persons. Mm-hmm. Well, they're using the same book, same playbook. They're saying ten percent. You know, of them are born that way, and and. They, they had this push. There's a website called beforeyouact.org, I think it is. And it's letter B, the number four, the letter U, act. And they've changed stuff on it. But when they first put that site up about probably 10 years ago, um, my friend um, Matt and Judith Reisman, Matt Barber and Judith Reisman had gone into some conferences for, for these guys. The people behind it were... Uh, ther- they're in the therapy field and they're like, well, you know, we're, we're pedophiles um, and we're okay with that. By the way, if you go to a therapist today and you have that problem and you reveal that you're a pedophile, pedophile um, and, and unless you're not okay with it, they can't, they can't say there's something wrong with you, right? Because the whole field advocates and and actually says, look, it's okay. It's okay. But their idea was, you know what? Pedophiles, they have these comorbid disorders called anxiety and depression. And if they reveal, if they go to a therapist and they want to deal with their anxiety and depression, but 
they also reveal they're a pedophile, then they're going to be turned away and they're not going to get the help that they need. So <laughs> before you act, they like, well, we're going to change the language. We're not going to call them pedophiles. We're going to call them minor attracted persons, which sounds softer, doesn't it? Just like the word gay, you know, you, you will never or very rarely hear me say gay. I'll always say homosexual because of the connotation or frankly, yeah. the biblical term is sodomite, yeah. right? Yeah. If yeah. you read the King James, it's sodomite. Yeah. Amen. But that sounds so mean, doesn't it? And but but I will tell you, having gone to counseling conferences run by lesbians and activists in the field, they will say, no, don't say the word homosexual because it denotes sex. We're trying to get people away from looking at the quote sex part, which is why now you got all this gender fluidity crap yep. and all this yep. chaos. You know, my friend yep. Stephen Black calls it um sexual chaos or whatever and it, it it's 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 diabolical because yeah. they are refusing to let people get help yeah exactly amen hey folks pastor bob here we're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with stacy lynn harp as we've been discussing her ministry program called bible news radio now she's been doing this program for well ever since 2005, as you heard, amen. To me, that is absolutely astounding. I mean, she's been on the front lines speaking out against the homosexual agenda, the degradation of society by the influence of the immoral policies being pushed by politicians and the indoctrination of our children. Folks, she is the real deal, and I urge you to drop down to the show notes and listen to her program. Reach out to her. Ask your questions. She is a Trevor trove of information, folks. And be sure to come back for part two in the very next episode, because we had such a great conversation. This was just part one of what turned out to be a great three-part interview. Praise God. Till next time, this is Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. 
Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.